You're on the panel uh, in National Wallace Chapman here. I am with Georgie Stiliano and Chester Burrows this afternoon. Someone says here, I'm a former drug squad detective. The cop shows drive me mental, but the best one was the HBO series The Wire. That has some well done moments. And regarding the Beatles, my girlfriend at the time saw the Beatles concert in Christchurch, 1964. She told me afterwards she screamed when she saw George. I was mortified. My wife was at university in Liverpool in the 60s and saw them at the Cavern Club frequently. She's never confessed to screaming, but she did like them and the music a lot. Uh, Meg says, I was at the Royal Oak in Wellington and went to the Beatles concert. It was unforgettable. And Tim in Dunedin says, on Facebook via the website, on most browsers, you can view profile as, quote-unquote, and look at it as if you're a stranger. Good thing to do. Mm. It will default back to your regular view once you navigate away or switch it back. Uh, Text 2101. You can email me, the panel, at rnz.co.nz. The government will largely remove trawl fishing at Auckland's Hauraki Gulf, Tikapa Moana, and create 18 new protection areas and a major new environmental plan. Protection areas will increase almost threefold, and there will be new catch settings. Trawl fishing limited to carefully selected corridors. The package also includes a fisheries plan with a range of changes to fishing practices and catch settings and better monitoring. The 2020 State of Our Gulf report found depleted sea life with drastic decreases in fish and bird life populations and called for changes in the 1.2 million hectare areas management. With us to discuss is Hauraki Gulf Forum co-chair Nicola MacDonald. Nicola, kia ora. Kia ora, thank you. There have been calls for changes around this for many years now around the Hauraki Gulf. So what do you make of this environmental announcement? Well, I think after 20 years and six State of the Gulf uh, reports that have showed absolute decline of the Gulf, it's been uh, long awaited for um, and it's a very good step. Uh, It's a good start. Uh, We're at the turning point in the Gulf and uh, something needed to be done. And I think... um, the government and uh, many, many agencies, mana whenua and community groups have uh, been waiting for this. What I understand about reading a bit about this and been doing uh, this issue on the panel for the last uh, couple of years and Sunday morning before, what I understand is it's been a decades-long saga, and I also understand that the Gulf seascape is now covered in kenna, which flourishes in the absence of snapper and crayfish, is that right? Yes, absolutely, that's right. Um, we've got a number of uh, kinna barons right across the Gulf. Where I come from, I'm a descendant of Ngāti Wai, Ngāti Rehoi, which is Great Barrier Island. Um, right around our beautiful islands, the Out Islands and Inner Islands, um, there are huge numbers of kinna barons. Um, and directly caused by... Um, uh, overfishing, um, there's, you know, and so we're just um, not able to get on top of it. Mm. So we need to do something about it. Yeah, all right. Uh, Georgie, what's your questions or thoughts here? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, something had to be done. I, I'm, I'm interested to know how you respond to the to the concerns from some of the recreational guys about um, being pushed out into open water and some of the safety concerns that have been raised to, today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, we don't want to push anybody out. Um, you know, we're a we're a seafaring nation, and um, 
fishing is not only just about the action of fishing for kai, it's also very good for your mental and uh, your mental and emotional health. Um, and at the same time, we need to consider um, the state of the Gulf and are there ways, is the take uh, reasonable and fair, considering um, there are some fish stocks that have been under some stress. And in terms of health and safety, absolutely. Uh, we can't have a Hauraki Marine Park area where um, everyone that uses the park are in danger and um, you know certainly we're not going to um, support anything that puts anybody at risk. Mm. Mm. Chester? Well, I, th- I think it's certainly a hot topic and I remember being uh, in government when new catch limits were set and how um, hotly they were contested forced a bit of a back down as far as I can recall um, but every every Auckland based MP was getting kicked around about it but uh, what I've noticed is that where we have had marine reserves the fish growth has been phenomenal and I know around Taranaki for instance where the marine reserve around the sugar loaves has been increased in recent years the prevalence of snapper around the edges of that is huge and down in South Taranaki where I live you're virtually guaranteed of getting your daily catch uh, limits because right. probably because of those marine reserves. So I think it is a good thing, and you can't expect to have a whole lot of uh, you know free-range um, fish all you like and take without supervision next to New Zealand's biggest city. Nicola? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's all about sustainable fishing practices. Um, what we've seen for the last 20 years is degradation of um, of the Gulf. So we need to um, see change is around how do we ensure that um, we have sustainable practice and we're looking at restoration and protection. Now, um, sea change also identifies 18 uh, marine protected areas um, and one of the ways around marine protected areas is looking at um, advancements on those. So by advancements, I'm expecting to see mana whenua, tangata whenua um, firmly involved um, around um, how to ad- advance those aspirations, ensure that restoration and protection are part of looking after that marine reserve. Sometimes when we have uh, marine reserves where there's no take, We see an abundance of fish, but we also know that it's our job to look after and be responsible kaitiaki. So there's a lot of work for us to do. Yeah. Are you you buoyed by this report? There's been so much uh, discussion about this particular issue, uh, particularly on the Hauraki Gulf. There's also the the issue around sedimentation into the sea in that particular area. Uh, Are you... you, are you positive that in 15 years' time we will have a, a much better snapper take, a much better tarakihi's take, a much better crayfish take? Well, I think it's um, it's a first start. Um, there's some things in sea change that actually I think we could be a little bit stronger on. Um, and for example, uh, bottom impact fishing, uh, creating trawling uh, corridors, there's no place for that in the Gulf. Mm. You know, creating uh, lanes to trawl is just destructive practices. Um, the corridors are very carefully selected co- corridors. You know where they are. You've got the commercial interest in there as well. They've got to be catered for. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I think that um, with commercial uh, fisheries and also with... Uh, 
with bottom impact fisheries, um, what it does is that the only loser is the Hauraki Gulf. Mm. You know, so I, I, both uh, the forum is very clear that we want the government to reconsider that. Right. Um, and we think that they should do. Okay. Nicola McDonald from the Hauraki Golf Former Co Chair. Kia ora, Nicola. Thank you. Nicola, rather. Uh, 16 past four. By the way, around the panel, because I'd be very interested to hear from people who do fish either in the Hauraki Gulf or someone, someone says the same thing is going on in the Golden Bay and Tasman Bay. Georgie, are you a fisher? Do you fish? I am a vegetarian. Right. I, I, I can't even suck the spiders up with a vacuum, so I wouldn't have any luck fishing. Um, but my, my stepson, is, is um, he loves to go fishing, and, and yeah. now that's sort of the only fish that we try to consume in our household, the ones that he, he has caught. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as well, my, my partner often goes down to the Marlborough Sounds and was saying when they when they put restrictions in place, the um, the, the number of cod in, increased dramatically. So it's, it's a problem, and I, I, I agree with Nicola that it's um, a step okay. in the right direction. Uh, mm. Actually, a bit of response too, just jumping in here about white privilege. Uh, Mark says, Chester Burroughs is on the money with his comments. It was another light bulb moment for me. I know there is privilege in being white, which I am. That privilege is so subtle as to not be noticed by many fair-skinned people. So thank you, Chester, for reminding us about the Cheers. challenges faced by our fellow citizens who may be different in colour only. You're on the panel, RNZ National. Lovely to have your company this afternoon. Now, household costs could increase by $42 a week if forecasts for higher inflation come true. Economists say the increase did not include a forecast rise in mortgage payments that are at historically low levels. Banks have begun lifting longer-term fixed-rate mortgage interest rates and long-term home loan interest rates are increasing rates up to... Around 4.4% are now being advised or advertised uh, for five-year fixed terms. Gareth Keenan is the Infometrics Chief Forecaster. Gareth, good afternoon. Good afternoon. An increase of 42 bucks a week. This is if a 3% inflation lift. Uh, not a small increase by any means if you're on a budget, Gareth. No, that's right. And we know that um, typically when prices go up, it tends to affect poorer um, or lower income households, uh, Māori beneficiaries, superannuitants also, because it tends to be the necessities that go up more and the the luxuries tend to not go up as much in price as sort of electronics and that type of thing, which um, the higher income households tend to um, buy more of. So, yeah, certainly uh, potential pressures coming through for many households. Right, yeah. And, and I think it was the ASB economist said, look, 42 bucks this year, $42 next year, and then the year after that, this will really add up over time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the other part to factor in is what people's incomes are doing. Um, what we have seen a, a lot over the last six months or so, increasingly stories of the labour market tightening up in specific industries and specific sectors, not right across the economy at the moment, but it is becoming more difficult for businesses to find workers. And um, that suggests that some of that bargaining power will start to come back into employees' and. Georgie, what do you think? Oh, it's all a blooming mess, isn't it, really? I mean, how do we fix this? I mean, we've got a situation now. We've got rents rising. There's fewer properties listed. We've got now the rates going up. It's it's a tough time for households. Um, and I, I don't know how we're going to get on top of this. You got any thoughts? You got any? You going to solve it for us today? <laughs> going to solve it, Gareth. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, the housing market, I mean, it is, uh, like you say, a mess, uh, a major crisis that's developed there. And, I mean, when you when you factor in the fact that, you know, if mortgage rates do start to push up, and most people tend to be fixed down at the shorter end of the curve, but, I mean, every, every percentage point that your mortgage rate increases, it's... Um, Roughly twelve dollars a week for every hundred thousand uh, dollars you've got on a mortgage. So if you've got a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage up there in Auckland, then it's roughly sixty dollars a week, sixty to seventy dollars mm. to be facing. Okay, right. Chester Borrows. I think it scares the hell out of me. Actually, I've got a daughter who's just bought in Tawa and a daughter who's just built in Christchurch, and uh, you're looking at young people first home mortgage nine hundred k. Oh, sorry, paid 900k. I don't know what their mortgage is. But, um, and it's a fairly small three bedroom house and it, share, it shares in close quarters with other houses on, on what was initially the same um, section. And I just can't believe it. And, you know, when we were, when I was buying first home, paying interest rates of 18% and all the rest of it, we thought our parents were so fortunate to have low interest rates way back, you know, in the early 60s, 3% government loans. But what what we didn't have to counter with those high interest rates was greed. And it's just amazing um, how many people own more than one property and aspire to own a whole lot more and how that shuts people out of the market. And it just it scares the hell out of me because I think it's going to have a huge impact on us going forward. So if you are, you know, decisions about having children and all of those sort of lifestyle choices are fixed around the shelter. You know, it's sort of Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. Shelter's fairly basic. You're going to secure that first. It's going to, your ability to maintain or keep shelter is actually going to affect oh, so many of your lifestyle decisions. And quite honestly, it, the other problem is the politics of it. So if you're a government, what you can't afford to do is devalue everyone's property. So right. you're so you might see a flattening, but you're never going to see a rapid devaluation of property. And with something I don't know, sixty percent of people living in their own home and wanting to, why are you going to affect that? So yeah. there's just so much competition, and it's going to have to be radical and ruthless before it has any impact. I'll just jump in, uh, George, ask Gareth uh, one more question: Why have banks begun lifting longer-term fixed mortgage interest rates? What we've seen um, in wholesale markets is that the longer-term interest rates there have been pushing up pretty much since about um, September last year gradually, um, but certainly there was a big push-up through the early part of this year. And so their funding costs have been rising, and it looks to me um, like you know there's still potentially more pressure there. And I think it's the sort of sentiment around more inflation comes through in New Zealand and, you know, wondering when the Reserve Bank is going to start pushing the official cash rate up. We'll see those one- and two-year rates start to rise as well. All right. Infometrics Chief Forecaster, Gareth Keenan there. Kia ora, Gareth. Uh, yes, so you're, you're Wellington-based, George, as well? Yeah, I yeah. am. I was just going to ask Gareth. I mean, we've now got these economists saying that house prices haven't kind of got the hint yet that they're, not, they're meant to sort of stop increasing so dramatically. And we keep talking about the government measures and it will take time to trickle through. How much time um, and, and what, where to next? There doesn't seem to be much of a, of a plan there. And you have Megan Woods yesterday announcing that applications are open for the new infrastructure fund to build yes. some pipes and roads and then you have <laughs> we're, to, we're sitting around talking about this today and it just it's not marrying up very happily mm. 
I just can't believe yeah, I've got a 50 square meter apartment at the bottom of the terrace. I think its current value is well over ten thousand dollars a square meter. This You're kidding? Sick. Really? Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And that's your, what, is that a second property, Chester? Your, yeah, your sec- yeah, flat I bought when I went to Parliament, sort of put the superannuation into buying a flat, and it just I just couldn't get over how much it's taken off. And it's if you look at its market value, it's probably more than that and growing steadily. So I just can't... I just can't get over that. Goodness. A uh, bit of response regarding fishing in the Hauraki Gulf. Now, one here says, I fish in the Hauraki Gulf extensively. It's widely considered to be completely screwed and on the verge of not making a comeback. This report and action on the Gulf is enormously overdue, but it goes nowhere near far enough. It's way more urgent than the action that they're taking. Uh, we shouldn't be framing it as if we stop taking now, we can take more in the future, but more just taking good care of this beautiful jewel on our doorstep. Imagine that area going back to how it was, teeming with bird life, marine and mammals, schools of bait fish, every harbour and inlet full of life. So, yes, keen to hear from those who do fish in uh, in the Hauraki Gulf. What have you... Uh, is there still a snapper? Are you still catching things? Uh, let us know. 25 past four. Now... Rakaia and Gore, they've got trout. Pairoa has a big bottle of fizz, but Cromwell, they've got the big fruit. $100,000 has been set aside to spruce up the big fruit sculpture, reports the Otago Daily Times. The 1.7 ton sculpture was built by the Cromwell Rotary Club in 1990. Designer Otto Muller died last year in his 90s. He came up with the idea. With us to discuss is Central Otago Mayor Tim McAdogan. Kia ora, Tim. A hundred thousand dollars to spruce up the fruit. This is not small changes. It you're taking this um, pretty seriously. Yeah, it's quite an ouch, and it was a lot more than we expected, but it's the only price that we could get from the only supplier willing to do it. <laughs> and it's not that. <laughs> it is what it is. Because um, these are big beasts and, and cover quite a bit of territory, so half of the cost of it's the scaffolding alone. Um, yeah. It and also, it too, it's, great news. there's a bit of artwork involved, eh? It's not just one colour, because, for example, is it, is it, the, uh, is it the nectarine or the apricot? Uh, it's kind of mottled. Yeah, no, there, there are various ranges of, um, of colouring in them, and um, we're, not just, we're not just giving them a spruce-up. This is protecting them as well. Yeah. We get a lot of sunshine here, so uh, it's fairly damaging on the fibreglass. So we've got to... We've got to make sure that they're there for generations to stop on the side of the road and enjoy. <laughs> Georgie, have you seen these big fruits? You've got, oh, yes. you've got the apple. I love you've, the big you've fruits. Got the, you've got the apple, pear, nectarine, and the, and the apricot. Yeah, and look, I commend your decision to to, to spruce them up. Um, we can't have the fruit losing its gloss. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I think these are these are symbols that, that they're iconic. And actually, if you drive into a town and you see their sort of almost their mascot run down and peeling, it doesn't really give a great impression of, of that area. I think it's a bit of local pride, so good on you guys. I'm sorry the scaffolding is mm. so expensive. Yeah, Chester? Mm. Yeah, the, what we see around the place is that uh, you've got to keep on top of this maintenance stuff. The idea to build some icon in a local town, if it's allowed to, um, as Georgie says, you know, the, flake, the paint flake and it looks a bit manky, then it's not a good advertisement. So you've got to keep on yeah. top of it. But what we seldom do is when we build these things, we recognise that there's got to be continuance maintenance, pretty much. Yes, yes. Now, uh, Tim, there was a suggestion a couple of years ago of um, adding grapes or cherries. Um, is that still on the cards? 
well, if you're paying $100,000 to do up the four fruits, do you really want to add another cup? <laughs> <laughs> At the time that the at the time that the big fruit were put there, they were our predominant crops, and not anymore. And and the grapes, yeah, they're absolutely blowing them away. But um, I'm not in any big hurry to to lead the charge to put extra fruit up there and um, and double the cost of maintaining them, even I, if it would be uh, more contemporarily accurate. Uh, okay, Tim, I've got a suggestion for you. And this, you, you take this to committee meeting. Back in 2019, uh, the designer Otto Muller, who sadly passed away recently, he said that mm-hmm. I would like to see a bottle of wine there with a tap and a hose coming down so people can have a wee taste. It would be a, it would be a world first. Uh, now, Tim, I'm, that would be I'm not a sure. Ter- that would be yeah, a terrific I'm, sure, I'm not sure that was Otto. I think it was one of our local winemakers who got oh. onto a winner with that one. Right. <laughs> Otto grew walnuts. So, um, <laughs> look, wouldn't it be a great attraction? But I think having a continuous supply of wine right next to the state <laughs> highway probably brilliant. I can see a couple of problems. <laughs> Actually, that's you, a good point. You Jim. could put one of those little plastic sticky labels on each bit of fruit, and then you could sell it for sponsorship. Oh gosh, oh, the sticky no. no, Yeah, <laughs> good on you, Tim. We'll keep up with the good work uh, in Central Otago with the big fruit there, and they're going to be spruced up and kept for future generations. A hundred thousand dollar paint job. Thank you. Uh, Twenty one, twenty nine past four. Uh, by the way, Chester, what what does Wanganui have? What do you have in the front of your uh, wonderful township? Oh, um, well, actually, lately, Whanganui has been the sort of mural capital. It's got an incredible oh, mm. number, number of huge murals on the sides of buildings. Oh, incredibly okay. well done and, and recently. So the icon really are those murals and the bridges, I suppose. It's got icons like the Jury Hill Tower, that sort of stuff. South Taranaki, where I come from. Um, we've got a water tower, which is yep. no longer in use. That seems to be our local icon. Manaya's got a great big loaf of bread. Has it? Uh, yeah. Well, for a while, Eltham painted its water tanks like a big round of cheese, but that's been painted over now. So mm. we've got a few, we've got a bit going on. New Plymouth's got its, um, you know, its uh, bendy. What's it called? That that Len Lai thing. The Len Lai's got the wind wand. Yes, That's it's right. been replaced. Yep. Yes, yes. Well, we do have a mountain, of course. No, abs- absolutely. All right, you're on the panel, uh, NZ National. It's 4.30 this afternoon. I am with Georgie Stiliano, uh, who is the Government Relations Consultant, former Ministerial Staffer, and Chester Burrows, former MP and Archdeacon of Waitotara.